Amen. Why don't you grab a seat? Grab a seat. And I just want to say welcome to everyone. If we haven't met, my name is Dean, and it is great to gather with you. I want to say a huge welcome and shout out to everybody in Mullaloo this morning. Can we give everybody in Mullaloo a big clap here? Welcome. We're so glad if you're online. Let's all give a big welcome to everybody online. If you're in Mullaloo, give them a clap. Give us a clap. It is just a great thing to be able to gather in, in unique ways together and, and really believe that this morning my hope is for each one of us uh, that we might come to understand something in a little bit of a fresh way or with some fresh life to it about who God is in our lives. I was, uh, I was out for a, a run the other night. Uh, many of you know I've, I've been running and I've had people ask me, are you still doing that? So I thought I better talk about it so that I you know, it's like if you don't post about it, it didn't happen. So if I talk about it, uh, I'll make sure everyone knows I'm still running. But I was out for a run, and it was nighttime, and I was running through a neighborhood. Now, there's a new park in our neighborhood and where they kind of left some bushland, and they just uh, cut a trail through it. So this is a, a paved, it's through some bush, uh, but, you know, there's fences, and, and, and it's that kind of, you know, contained very Realistic, very, very, uh, very tame kind of bushland, but we'll just call it bush. I was running through the bush at night in the dark. Now, the funny thing was, because as I was running, there were street lights, but when I turned to go off there, the street lights were gone, and I suddenly was in the dark and realized I can't see where I'm going. And I started thinking to myself, I wonder if there's anything on this path. It's new. I've not been there before. I have something of a history in my life of running into things in the dark. It's happened on more than one occasion, separate story. But I started thinking, what if there's like a bullet? Like I literally, I cannot see where I'm going. And my brain started thinking about the things I should probably watch for and avoid so that I don't. And then it went, maybe there's snakes back here. You ever have your brain just start running away with stuff? It's like, what could I step on right now? And Brain was like, snake, you could step on a snake right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm running. I'm thinking, is that a snake? Is that a branch? What is that? And then I started thinking, what happens if I do step on a snake? And then the snake will bite me. And then I thought, that's okay. All this happens fast, right? Has anyone's brain ever just run away with them? You're like, no, you're a psycho. Oh, well, this was my brain. So then I'm like, this thing bites me. I'm going to go to the the hospital. Okay, but that's okay because the hospital, they'll have what? The antidote, right? They'll have the antidote. I'm like, that's good. And then I thought, how will they know what antidote I need for this particular snake? They're going to say, what kind of snake bit you? Can you describe it to me? I'll be like, no, it was dark. And then all is lost and I'm basically done for it. So... I started to hope maybe they can tell by the shape of the bite. And by then, I'd run through and back into the light and just thought, Dean, you're ridiculous. <laughs> that was, you know, the other part of my brain kicked in and went, you know, we're in a park right now. <laughs> and, um, but here's, here's the funny thing. Uh, whenever we do head somewhere uncertain or we can't see what's up ahead, inevitably something will kick in inside of us that begins to say, hey, you should worry about this or be on alert about this. It's really kind of a good alert system, but it can turn into just a worry and and fear system. And whenever we go through, you know, this was a pretty obviously routine moment, but there are plenty of things, and I would wager so much as to say almost everyone listening to me this morning may have some area of your life where there is some degree of uncertainty that is causing you some level of fear. Uh, In fact, I would encourage you right now, and and it may not be, you don't have to be worried that you're gonna get bit by a snake and die. You know, it doesn't have to be that kind of thing. Uh, It's 
that's probably not a good one to focus on. But there may be something. It may be big. It may be for some people, as soon as I say that, you go, boom, of course I know exactly what is causing me that. It might be a big, major, life-changing event. It could be related to health or a diagnosis that's come. It could be related to a job change or situation. It could be related to a, a relationship that's in a particularly difficult moment. There are so many areas it could be. It may be a smaller thing. It may be an opportunity. Do you know, it's not just the challenges of life that can cause that sense of uncertainty. It's often the opportunities that come before us. It may be you're being presented with an opportunity that you're looking at and going, I believe that on the other, if I could just muster the courage, I know that something great could happen, but I feel afraid of what might happen along the way. What I want to talk, we're in this series called Live by Love. And what I want to talk to you about today is how love is the actual antidote to fear. Love and God's love is the antidote. I don't know your situation, but I do know this. If you're able to tap into the antidote of God's love, that is where you will find what you need to overcome and break through that fear or to transform the experience that you're going through. The antidote to fear is always love. You see, in John chapter 4, a passage we looked at a few weeks ago, it talks to us a lot about God's love for us. And one of the things it says is that perfect love, God's love, casts out fear. That actually when we find situations where we're feeling a bit afraid, uncertain, anxious, all those things, the thing that can act as an antidote to that is when we actually deeply understand God's love for us. If we're going to live by love, then God has created us to live lives that are are bold and courageous, not paralyzed by fear. And the way we're able to step into that is when we understand his love for us. That's why I've been doing this series, looking at what does God's love for us look like? Because love can mean a lot of different things, but actually there are some really tangible things God's love means for us. And, and so we looked, if you were here in the beginning, as we looked at how God's love towards us. It is a rugged commitment. God is ruggedly committed to us. He's not going anywhere, no matter what. We looked at how God's love towards us. It's a warm affection. God actually, it's not just that he has to love us or be committed. God is warm and caring towards us. He likes us. Last week, we looked at this idea of how God's love is a with us and for us kind of love. And this morning, I want to focus in on that idea of how God's with us and for us love can be the antidote to the fears that we face, to the things that might keep us from seizing opportunities. We're going to actually look at a story where uh, God's people in the Older Testament are are about to step into the promised land, literally the land that's been promised to them that will be good and flourishing and for them, and they are getting ready to step into it. It's so close. It's, it's been far away for so long. They're suddenly about to go in, and God is going to speak to them about what it takes to kind of actually step into the life that he's imagining for them, to take hold of the land he's promised them, to take hold of, of the dreams he has for them. And at the very heart of it is this idea of how his love is the antidote for fear. So we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1. Now here's a little background, what's been happening. If you're not 
uh, familiar with the story. So you've got the people of God, and they were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. God miraculously delivers them out of that, and he's told them, I'm going to take you to this land. I'm going to give it to you. I've promised it for generations. And they've, but they've been wandering around the desert, the wilderness, for 40 years. And now uh, their leader, Moses, has died. This younger uh, leader, Joshua, is taking over. And Joshua is now going to have to lead the people. He knows there's opportunity. He knows there's, you know, the extraordinary blessing of God is in front of them. But the reality is it is a situation where he can't necessarily see how this is all going to play out. And God is going to speak to the, the understandable fear he may be experiencing in this moment. And so Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 says this. And we'll have it... Uh, says that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Now I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, those of you who may be feeling in any way facing some things in your life right now that would cause you to feel afraid or discouraged, can I just tell you this morning, God's word to you is do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. The Lord will be with you wherever you go. Somebody, you know it, you just need to be reminded of that today. You know, I love this story because here we find them. God has promised them something great. The reality is, though, there are challenges that are yet ahead of them. Stepping into the land and into the things God has for them, uh, it's not necessarily going to come easily. It's not necessarily going to be a walk in the park. God doesn't say, be strong and courageous because everything's going to be easy and it will all just kind of work out. Don't worry about it. God says, I want you to be strong and courageous, but that must be built on this confidence that I will be with you wherever you go. The people are literally, this is where we get the phrase, the promised land from. It is a, a great and prosperous future. God says, if you will you know, stay faithful to me and to my word, you're gonna prosper and be successful wherever you go. God say, I am for you. I want your life to prosper. But what you just need to know, it may not always be an easy journey. He has to say over, he repeats himself repeatedly, be strong and courageous because I will be with you wherever you go. 
I really believe that for every one of us, this is a unique telling of the story of God's plan of of salvation in this world and how he's at work in this world. But can I tell you something? I really believe God is a God who looks at every one of our lives and he says, I have good things for you. I am for you. But to step into those things at times will require strength and courage. To step into those things at times, you may feel like, I don't know what's ahead, or it feels a little scary, or I can't see up ahead, and so I don't feel like I even know quite what's there. And in all of those moments, the antidote is to understand God's love for you, that he is with you and he is for you. You know, I, uh, I don't know what it is. I've met a lot of people recently that I must be new because I feel like I've had so many people ask me, how long have you lived here and how did you get here? I've, and that's, we've, you know, my wife and I, we've been here for 17 years, so I, it always feels weird to me when someone's like, well, how long have you been here? Well, how long have you been here? You know, like, <laughs> kids, you're 14. I was here before you were born, you know, just... It's a little, you know, not I'm bitter, but anyway, <laughs> you ask that a lot. But the funny thing is, if you don't know this, before we moved here, we used to live in New York. Now, I can remember years ago playing a game called Trivial Pursuit. Any Trivial Pursuit fans, put a hand up. There's got to be a few around who enjoy that game, love that. And uh, there was a question I came upon once playing Trivial Pursuit. And in Trivial Pursuit, at least one of the editions, was if you were to drill a hole in the earth from New York City, where would you come out? And the answer to that question is Perth, Western Australia. It is literally the polar opposite to go from New York City to Perth. You actually come out just like a little bit off the coast or whatever, but the closest place is Perth, Western Australia. So if you ever find yourself on a quiz show, <laughs> please share your winnings with me. And um, <laughs> so the funny thing about it is when we moved from New York to Perth, we went literally as far as we could go on planet Earth from where we were. If we went any farther, we were coming back home. People are always like, did you not like your family? You know, that is not, and that is, and the funny is absolutely not the case. The funny thing is that was something that would have at one point in my life, and even when I did it, caused me extraordinary fear. I, I, it's normal to me now, and like I said, oh, I've been here for so long, but there was a point at which that idea of moving to the other side of planet Earth was unthinkable. When I was about 19 years old, I moved from, for the first time, from my home to go to university about four hours away. It was in uh, Indiana, the next state from where I'd grown up. And I can remember being dropped off there. This was the first time I had moved to go this far. Apart. Four hours away, okay? I'm only four hours away. Not to the other side of planet Earth. Not, you know, even halfway. Four hours away. I'm 19 years old. I'm a tough guy, as we've already established today. <laughs> My parents dropped me off in this dorm room. It's summertime in the U.S. No, not many people are there yet, so it's a fairly empty place. I'm there early because I was going for a tennis and playing tennis. But they dropped me in my room. They leave. I've got no roommate or anything. The floor is mostly empty. My parents suddenly leave. I, I was excited to go there. I wanted to go there, but I was... I was feeling nervous and afraid about moving this far because I'd always lived 
near home. I loved home. I, I thought I would live there forever. I can remember telling friends when everyone was starting to move and do different universities, I was like, no, I'll be here forever. I love it here. This is my place. I'll be here forever. That was me. I had no interest. So when I got dropped off, I get left alone in this room. I'm 19 years old and a tough guy. And all of a sudden, it kinda, I'm like so far from home. I'm far from my family. I'm far from my friends. And I just start crying. And I'm just feeling like so, I know, but awe is appropriate. <laughs> if there's not an awe down there in Mullaloo, I'm gonna not feel any love today. <laughs> there I am, 19 years old. Do they have snakes in Indiana? I don't know. Just crying. I was just crying. I don't even remember hardly ever crying as a teenager. I was just crying. And I was like, this is, oh, what have I done? This is so scary. I'm on my own. Uh, you know, and, and, and I eventually, you know, kind of started to pull myself together. All right, you're 19. And I start unpacking my bag, actually. And the thing that began to happen for me, I'm unpacking my bag. And I find in it a piece of paper. And this paper has a Bible verse written on it. My mom had actually put it in there. Happy Mother's Day a week late. This is like even better than a really good present, isn't it, Mom? I know you're watching. And on this piece of paper is this Bible verse. Isaiah 41.10 said, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And something began to change in me in that moment. Like I, I'd never, you know, I, it was one of the first times in my life a Bible verse wasn't just a Bible verse. It was alive. It was speaking to me. It was like God was speaking to me. And he was just like, you don't need to be afraid. I'm with you. I'll be with you wherever you go. And I, and I, and it, you know, and he says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What, and the reason I share this is just to say, when we grab hold of this reality, that God is with us and he is for us, that is the love of God. And that transforms situations. And what began to happen in me was, even in that moment, I, I started to realize like, I thought I was alone in this dorm room. I thought I was alone in this building. I thought I was alone in this new state. I'm not alone. God is with me. What seemed to me at the time like too scary to handle began to be transformed because I began to understand that God was with me and he was for me. And through that process of beginning to, and I memorized that verse and I and I began to go to passages like Joshua and began to realize, like, I can be strong and courageous. I can, I can go places I didn't think that I could go if I focus on realizing that no matter where I go, God is with me and he is for me. You know, it's not by accident I was able to end up going from someone who couldn't move even four hours away to the other side of planet Earth. That's not me, that's not how actually I roll. That is the transforming power of understanding God's love in my life. And I, and I say, oh, say, wow, if everyone is, imagine this. Whatever you're facing this week, I don't know. I don't know your story. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what things are causing you to feel like just crying where you're at and not sure what's going to happen. But I can tell you that whatever that situation, the antidote, the antidote to that fear is not me saying, don't worry, it's just going to be all right. The antidote to that fear is not going, I'm sure it'll all work out. The antidote to that fear 
is to begin to understand that God is with you and he is for you. You know, one of the most regular uh, prayers I find myself, you know, praying is often because the reality is that wasn't the last scary situation in life I ever faced. And whatever you're going through now won't be the last one. But what I've found is the more, uh, the more quickly I begin to realize that when fear sets in, now it's a signal to me to realize I need to actually press into the presence of God. You know what, what it says, if we go back to these verses in Joshua, God says, here's how you're gonna find the future I want. He says, this gonna, you're gonna prosper in this land. You just need to know what God wants is for your life to prosper. That's, he is for you. And, and we can sometimes hear the word prosper. We run it through our 21st century Western kind of paradigm. And, and you might hear that and think, okay, God wants me to have a, a big house. God wants me to have X, Y, or Z. Prospering is where your life flourishes. And you don't need a big house to prosper. You don't need a big paycheck to prosper. Prosperity, prospering the way God wants you to is independent of your material circumstances. Prospering is something that happens within your soul and within your life. And it can happen no matter what your circumstances are. What God wants for us is to flourish. He knew that for these people to flourish, this is where they were meant to be. He was going to take them there. God wants you to flourish. The things that he calls you to, the challenges that come up ahead of you, the opportunities or all of it, in all of it, God wants you to prosper. Romans 8 tells us, you know, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. God is for us. And so, but the way you see God speaking to me, he says, so Joshua, here's what you got to do. If you're going to get to that kind of life, if you're going to get where I want you to be, if you're going to go to the places I want for you, he says, I want you to just, you know, keep, he, he talks about keeping my law, my words, the scriptures on your lips. Stay focused on them. Don't lose touch or, con he's basically, don't lose connection with me and with my wisdom, my teaching, the scriptures. He says, you, you need to be careful to do everything that's in these words. He says, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it. Chew on God's word. Don't be so distracted by all the other messages out there that'll tell you maybe there's a snake of a head or maybe there's, this is what's gonna go wrong or if you tried that or who do you think you are to even attempt that? Don't listen to all those things. Listen to the word of God that says, he is with you and he is for you. Sometimes when you face a challenging situation, the question just kind of comes, well, why God, why is this happening and God must not love me and, and we can end up going down rabbit holes and, and loops of thinking that just take us to starting to believe things about God that are untrue. I, I don't understand a lot about life, I really don't. When, especially when difficult things happen. But what I do know is that when we stay connected to the truth, that God is with us and for us, there is no situation that cannot be transformed. There's no situation where you will not now better journey it by understanding and internalizing God's love for you. No situation that is not transformed by realizing that God is here with me and he is for me. You know, I want to encourage you for some of us, one of the things that will allow you to really tap into the power, to access the antidote to the fear, 
is to realize that when your brain starts to run a certain way or when fear starts to feel like it is just standing up to you, it's just start, is in those moments to go, this is a signal I need to press into the presence of God. I need to get, I need to get his voice louder in my life. I, and specifically, the thing you can begin to do, you know, just like when I began to memorize that verse, fear not, for I am with you. You know, when that begins to take on some power in my life. You know, I will hold you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That message grows louder. And that's God's love. His love is not some fuzzy, feel-good thing. It is this rugged, God is with you. He is for you. And he wants you to stay connected to that reality. You know, I love in Moses' life, God says to Joshua, I'll be with you as I was with Moses. And you know how God was with Moses? It's always said of God and Moses that God spoke to Moses face to face like a friend speaks to a friend. See, Moses had this connection with God where he would meet with God. He would go to what was called the tent of meeting. And it was like they just have conversations there. They just talked face to face like a friend to a friend. And whenever Moses would meet with God, he would actually go away. He'd be glowing. He'd actually have to cover his face because he's like radiating the presence of God. And what you realize is that this is what God wanted for Joshua. And I want to tell you, Something While God's work with Moses was unique in the, the story of salvation and his work with Joshua is unique, but what is common for all of us is God wants to meet with us face to face as a friend speaks to a friend. He wants us to, and, and now the, getting to live with the understanding of who Christ is, what he has done for us, God has opened the door for everyone to step into the presence of God and walk with him and know him. And so God wants that for our lives, that we be a people who sometimes it's just so easy to let the rhythms of life and we're off on new directions or we're going and we lose that connection with the presence of God. But when we lean into who he is, when we let his word speak loudest in our lives, when we begin to internalize this reality that God is with me and he is for me, it transforms every situation. You know, why don't you take a moment and remember, you know, what was that thing? Was there something that you thought of that you went, that's the thing that causes me a little angst? Maybe you don't want to call it fear. That's fine. That's the thing causing me a little angst or make me feel a little worried or makes my brain chew over a little bit. Begin to take that to God and just say, God, would you help me to know that you are with me and that you are for me in this? You see, I really believe if... If God's people, if we, if you're, if you're a follower of Christ, you know, this is the kind of thing that is meant to define us and set us apart in this world. That we don't, we, we, are, we are called to be those people who can step into every situation of life with courage and strength. And, and the greatest barrier to doing that, to living that kind of life, will always be fear. And the antidote to that fear, the thing that allows us to live with courage and strength, is to press into the reality that God is with you and for you. You know, I love this message. And I love this truth. That there is a God who knows you, knows your situation, knows what's going on. And to each one of us, he uniquely wants to say today, I am with you. I am for you. 
It's not just for Dean. It's not just for some people. This is God's word to everyone. It's what all the scriptures are pointing us to, the love of God who is with us and for us. You know, I want to pray for you today because I know the, the most important thing or the best thing that can happen is this one's not, a, not necessarily a difficult uh, kind of reality to grasp or make sense of, but it is all about are we able to experience that reality of knowing deep within that God is with me and for me. And so I want to pray for you especially. And wherever you're at, you know, online, Mullaloo, right here in the room, I just want to pray especially for people who today go, God, I just need to know that reality. I need that. I just need to know in a little bit of a fresh way and a little bit of a stronger way that you are with me and you are for me because I'm facing something. I want to pray for you especially. So I'm just going to ask you to bow your head where you are, maybe close your eyes, just a way of kind of creating that, that intimate space for you to meet with God for a moment if you're a, a person of faith today. And I'm just going to invite you, if, if you want to be a part of this prayer, you can just open your hands, maybe just lay them on your lap. And, you know, if you don't want to be part of this, no worries. You can just kind of sit and just have some quiet. But if you know especially, I need to know that God is with me and for me today. I want to pray for you. So you can just open your hands where you are. Heavenly Father, I thank you that for each and every person hearing the sound of my voice, Lord, you know their story, you know where they are, and your message to them is I am with you and I am for you. And God, I just want to pray that even in this moment, there would be a fresh release of your Holy Spirit, your presence with them, that could bring those words to life for them. God, I pray that maybe even as they come back to your scriptures this week or read some of these verses, you'd breathe on them and you would bring it to life in such a way that, Lord, where there has been fear, there will grow strength and courage. That even where circumstances don't change, the experience would change. I pray that they would begin to prosper, that where there was fear, there would be strength and courage and confidence there is a God who loves them, who is for them. So I pray right now, come Holy Spirit, do your work in each of our hearts and lives. May we be a, a people whose lives are not governed by fear, but who step into even the unknown with strength and courage all because of your love. May our lives be a testimony to your love and its transforming power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.